Welcome to Droughtcast. This is a podcast that keeps you informed on the drought situation across England and Wales. We look at what drought means for people and the environment. This is brought to you by CCW, the Consumer Council for Water. My name's Mike Keel. It's the 16th of August 2023. The headlines today on Droughtcast. Southeast Water has lifted its hosepipe ban. Wales has moved from prolonged dry weather status to normal status. And hosepipe ban restrictions remain in place for Cornwall and parts of Devon in Southwest Waters region. If you want to know if you're affected, then check out their postcode checker on Southwest Waters website. The link is in our show notes. Coming up in just a few seconds on Droughtcast, Tom Quee will be joined by Nick Price, who is head of water resources at Southeast Water. Nick will be telling us more about why they've ended their hosepipe ban. We'll then be chatting with Andrew Tucker from Thames Water. He'll be sharing their learning points from last year's hosepipe ban restrictions on their patch and whether they had a big impact or not. And finally, we'll be finding out the latest situation from Wales and we'll be joined by Karen Gibbs, who's CCW's water resource expert. So lots coming up today on Droughtcast. So it's great to be joined on Droughtcast by Nick Price, who is Head of Water Resources at South East Water. Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. So in the previous edition of Droughtcast, we spoke to Tanya Sefton about the reasons for the ban being in place. And it's great to see that it's now been lifted and has been since the 4th of August. Why was that choice made? So fortunately, I'm pleased to say that because of the changing conditions and the and the reduced risk of supply issues occurring, we were able to to remove the ban, largely in part to the more unsettled conditions that we saw during July, which has really helped reduce demand and our sort of forecast of looking ahead, really, we felt there wasn't a significant risk of needing to keep the ban on. And is there a risk in the coming year that there may be another ban in place? Or We think it's very low risk from this point forward because the 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 need for the ban was due to the obviously the the, the weather conditions we experienced in May and June the high high demand we don't anticipate seeing those high levels of demand through the rest of the summer and our water resources are also very healthy at the moment which which is good news so yeah we don't we don't think we'll need to have another ban on this year and southeast they also offer a lot of help to customers to save water will this help still be on offer now that the ban has been lifted oh absolutely yes saving water remains you know re- really important we really encourage customers to keep doing their bit whilst we you know continue to do our bit reducing leaks so Absolutely. Um, there's lots of tips on our website for how people can save water. There's also different, uh, a whole selection of uh, water saving devices that people can order, ranging from two minute toothy timers for to help children when they brush their teeth through to plant swell gels to, to, to help reduce the, the need for, for watering gardens as well. And obviously, we're still during the summer period and there may still be um, gardening going on. So Absolutely, there's there's lots that people can can still do and, and offers of support that p- people can take up. Nick Price, Southeast Water, thanks again for your time. Thank you. If you have any questions on droughts or hosepipe bans, then we'd love to hear from you and we'll attempt to answer them on future editions of Droughtcast. We'd also love to hear from you if you have suggestions on future topics and future guests. You can email us podcast at ccwater.org.uk. Last summer, many companies had hosepipe bans in place. This included Thames Water, who are one of the biggest water and sewage companies. But what did they learn from that experience? I caught up with Andrew Tucker from Thames Water to find out more. 
So it's great to be joined on Droughtcast by Andrew Tucker from Thames Water. Andrew, welcome to Droughtcast. Great to have you on. Thanks, Mike. Really good to be here. So Thames Water, one of Britain's biggest water companies. You guys had a hosepipe ban in place last summer. So do you think that they work? If you come right back to basics, what a hosepipe ban or a temporary use ban is actually intended to do, it's aimed at preventing or minimising the outside water use. It doesn't look at kitchens or bathrooms, the daily routine stuff, which we all know so well. It's the peak demand that gets added on to the normal water usage that occurs in the garden outside. So it's it's hoses, it's paddling pools, it's sprinklers, it's car washing, it's window washing, all the ancillary stuff that's outside the daily routine. Now, we know from our increasing smart meter volume across London and, and um, our supplier area is that the peak demand went, like a normal demand went from here, but and the temperature gets to about 21 degrees and then 25 degrees and then 30 degrees and water consumption goes to the roof. But we now know that's all outside the house usage that's contributing to that peak. So the hose pipe ban is actually intended to go to the right things. It's, attend, you know, it's, it's actually aiming at the right stuff. The challenge comes is it's such a, it's a very, very labor intensive, highly regulated and legal process. It takes a long time to get into place. And sometimes the timings don't match up with what mother nature is dishing out. That absolutely makes sense that outside use shoots up. I mean, it's logical when the, when the weather gets hot. So having a hosepipe ban in place or even just announcing that you may be thinking about a hosepipe ban, did you see that having an impact on that peak demand? So we experienced what other water companies also saw when you announce something. We've got a legal process you have to follow and you announce it and there's consultation periods and it's in the media. Consumption actually increases because people go, oh, a hosepipe ban, it's coming, I better use lots of water, which is not great for the end result you're aiming for. But then once it's in place, you do start seeing reductions in that peak demand. And it also, we saw different levels between, you know, a few percent reduction to over 10% reduction. It depended on where it was, the mix of homes versus businesses in each water resource zone or each water company area. But, and then also the biggest part here is the timing of when it comes into place against what the weather is actually doing on that day or that week. So yeah, it just so happened that when we announced, and then a week later, when we put the hosepipe ban in place, we had a temperature drop and we had rainfall on the day, which was hugely welcome, but it's hard to actually measure up an exact amount of change. So it's hard to pin down whether the hosepipe ban drove those reductions or whether, whether it was just the weather. For in our area, we had a, a bit of a clash of weather and a hosepipe ban coming in. But in our neighbouring water companies who also had to impose a hosepipe ban because of the, the national drought situation we were going through, they, they their timings are a little bit earlier, so a little bit different from the actual weather change. So they're actually able to measure a significant reduction in, in peak demand. So it does have an impact. And one of the things that we talk a lot about is awareness of, of water usage. Do you think people have enough awareness of their own personal consumption? Their own personal consumption? I think if you go out to 100 people in the street and you ask exactly how much water does your family use, you won't get a massive amount of accurate answers. So as a general rule, people underestimate how much water they actually use. That's why we've got an online calculator tool that we promote to try and say, hey, look, quantify actually how much you use and it'll help you quantify how much you actually save. I think it's we've had three record summer and drought and heat wave events over the last five years. Um, so it's quite 
significant, it's a bit of a step change in what we're experiencing as far as extreme climate and weather. So you're starting to see a change in baseline understanding across stakeholders and our general customers. So I think I think people understand it more than they used to, but we've still got a lot of opportunity to to engage more. And very briefly, do you think smart metering helps? You've got a big smart metering program. Yeah, it's really difficult. It's a great question. Man. It, it's, it's difficult to fix something if you're not measuring it really well. Smart metering is, it measures the same thing as in every other old traditional meter. It just does it more often and gives you that data that you can use better to go for leakage or help customers understand their consumption in a home or in a business. They understand their usage well. They can do things that save water in, in their daily routine, which is always important. So smart metering is becoming the game change when it comes to understanding water use, understanding water loss, and helping ourselves and helping our customer base do that something a little bit better, which then reduces water that we have to abstract from the environment. So it's a really, really good thing. Brilliant. Thank you, Andrew. Really interesting stuff there. We'd love to have you back on to tell us a bit more about what you're seeing from your smart metering program. But that's all we've got time for for the moment. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks for having me. While the focus of Droughtcast is quite obviously drought, there are loads of good reasons to save water all year round, drought or no drought. If you want some tips or encouragement to save water, then we have got the podcast for you. It's called Waterfall. Each week, our expert guests share their insights on why we should save water. And it's packed full of practical advice. You can find Waterfall wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm now joined by Karen Gibbs, who's CCW's water resource expert. Karen's going to tell us more about what's going on in Wales. Hi, Karen. Welcome back to Droughtcast. Hello. So what's the latest from Wales? Well, the Natural Resources Wales have moved the whole of Wales from prolonged dry weather status to what they describe as normal status. And that basically means that all the usual indicators that they use to judge the current drought situation are now within normal ranges for the time of year. So that sounds like good news. Last time on Droughtcast, um, we heard from Natural Resources Wales and they were telling us more about the impacts on the environment. So does that mean that we're okay in terms of impacts on the environment now? I mean, at the moment, there are no immediate concerns about water supply or the environment. But there are some uh, legacy issues that are really carrying forward from that really hot, dry period that we had throughout May and June, if people can remember back that far. But that means that there are still possibilities of some localised issues that quite clearly Natural Resources Wales will be keeping a, a very close eye on. It has been quite a year so far in terms of wet periods and dry periods. I mean, it's hard to know what we're going to see next. And, and I think this is one of the challenges for the water sector, because in the areas where currently the rain is having the desired effect and helping with river flows and topping up some of the reservoirs, there are parts of the country that are still seeing their resources well below what they would normally expect to be at this time of year. So it's really important in those areas that the companies adopt, if you like, a precautionary approach and keep restrictions in place until they are completely sure that supplies are secure for the coming months. And it's South West Water who still have hosepipe ban restrictions in place. We're going to hear from South West Water on the next edition of Droughtcast. Karen, thank you so much for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon. That's all for this edition of Droughtcast. Thanks to all our guests. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with all the latest drought news. Don't forget to subscribe to Droughtcast so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.